0: if you'd like to contact the show send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast@gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on facebook instagram and twitter at live on four legs podcast and on twitter at live on four legs pod
1: we're not sure what has all happened inside this place here in the past i'm sure it's uh it's it's I'm sure there's blood involved. <laughs> but I don't know if a ukulele has ever been played in here. I'm just not sure.
0: And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone
1: Fucking camera in the truck.
0: Mr. Boom Gasper. You can call me L. You can call me Ed. You just, just fucking call me Lance. Hey, everybody. Now, welcome to live on four legs, a definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. And whether you're tuning in for the 85th time or the first time, welcome. We are a podcast that focuses on the history of Pearl Jam and their live catalog. So we'll take a show from let's say ooh, 2000 20 years ago and we'll look at the time period the binaural era and kind of go over how some of those songs were played and how they curated the set list and just sort of what was going on in the time period of the band so with that being said randy sobel over here and john ferrara over there hello welcome to another show that we're doing for 2000 we've done a lot of this era lately
1: yeah i love it i've been i've been waiting a long time to get to some of these shows because yeah it's it's they're so they're so great like they you know they're not the marathons that you get now, and like not a lot of rare songs, you know a lot of the songs had dropped off, but yeah they were they were in such a such a high like the the binaural period, you know kind of before that album became kind of lost to history according to the their live shows now, but yeah, I love going back and listening to these it's great, and these are
0: you know these these shows are a lot more energetic. Than you get from the U.S. tour. You get some powerful stuff from the U.S. tour, but this is really this is a turning point that's happening right before the whole Ross killed goes down because I believe this was on the twentieth, the twenty-second one of those dates that this Verona show was on twentieth. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's ten days. Yep that's 10 days before this all went down so in 10 days their career and lives are going to change in the most traumatic way possible so you don't get to really see this a lot from the binaural era where they're you know it's still kind of like in 98 where they're really loose with things and they're, they're having, having a good time you, you, you don't get that a lot from this album and I think maybe that's why those songs don't last as, as, as long into their, their catalog as others do
1: yeah, it's just it's just strange to to go back and think like yeah, you can almost divide it into pre-Ross Guild and post-Ross Guild. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely yeah. There's definitely a point where it, it does take a turning point yeah. where you know that U.S. tour. There were some very tough shows where you listen to it and you're just you know they, the band is. Is getting through some of these songs and, and they don't feel yeah, and like that, they're together on that it.
1: That Seattle show, the, the last show of the tour, right. is one that I go back to a lot. That was such a cathartic, like, you can hear the tension in every note that they're playing. Like, that was such an emotional night. And, like, oh, that's one of, one of the greatest shows ever. We got to do that one at some point.
0: Yeah, I think we we have some ideas. Yeah. You know, 2020, 2020 is ending at some point. I know it's felt <laughs> like forever, but uh, yeah. uh our 20 our 2020 is practically booked up since we used a whole month to do just Uh, ballpark shows that we'll get to talking about in a second, but we got, we got a a lot of countries that we still got to do. We got to finish up Europe. You know, this is, this is hitting Italy, but we got to do England. We got to do Ireland. We got to do Portugal and Spain. And then we got to head down and do South America and Mexico. So we got, and then Canada. We basically should do every province in Canada because we've only done one yeah. Canadian show. Yeah, that's which an is, idea.
1: We can maybe do that. But yeah, think yeah. this this week too. I mean, let's not let's not forget about this. We're finally getting live Pearl Jam this week. They're going to be playing at the the All In Washington uh, show. That's going to be streaming. I think it's on the twenty fourth. Is that?
0: And this is the day that this comes out. tonight. So Yeah,
1: tonight. Check it out tonight. I think it's 7 p.m. Pacific or 8 p.m. Pacific. So if you're on the East Coast, you're going to have to stay up late. But uh, it'll be worth it. We'll see if anything comes out as to how many songs they're going to get to play or anything like that. But that'll be great to finally get to see them uh, playing songs as a band.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be a Cornell tribute kind of thing where, you know, everybody was going on and talking for a real long time. They recorded this. Ahead of time, so it 's going to be really well put together. You might be able to to see them at, at three a m and and that might not be too bad on the on the east coast if it I don't think it's going to last. They're not going to make it last that late. You know, it it just, I I I hope not at least. But that Cornell tribute went for a long time. I think they're trying, what they're trying to do is they're trying to avoid that for, I know that it's very specific to Washington and a lot of the performers are, you know, Ben Gibbard and uh, Slater-Kinney and uh, Macklemore and, uh, you know, just people from the Northwest Territory. But uh, yeah, that's you know i think they still want other people you know it's it's on amazon prime so any anybody can that has prime can can watch it but hopefully we won't have to stay up too late or we can just watch it on youtube the next day that's what i'm thinking about but
1: but, you know check out our social media because i'm sure we'll be following along and commenting as as it happens
0: you can do that i don't know if i'm (laughs) going to stay up that late we'll see i might be up anyway i've been staying up late as it is lately so um All right, well, we got a lot of things going on, uh in the next couple weeks, why don't we get to talking about some of them? Something that we're doing tomorrow is the Last Fan Standing competition. Going to be a little bit of trivia, so get your Zoom ready. It's going to be through Zoom. What we'll do is we'll send everybody a link tomorrow with an ID and a passcode, and uh, at 8.45 or so Eastern Time, everybody will join, and it'll be a little bit of a trivia competition where you know we'll ask specific questions that have multiple answers, and everybody will get a chance to answer it. And we'll go around the room, and there'll be correct answers and once we get somebody that answers incorrectly You're out, you're eliminated, and we'll do it until there is one last fan standing. So if that's something you're interested in, hit us up on social media or hit us up on email at on 4 com. And we're definitely, you know, we want to try to get as many people in as possible. I know that there were a lot of people that are fans of the podcast and a lot of people that, you know, are just kind of, you know, social media uh, observers of the podcast that are into it. So uh, we're going to get a lot of people there. But, uh, John, are you excited for it or –
1: yeah, I think we've been we've been working up some good questions to try to keep you guys on your toes. So yeah, it should be it should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and you know what? We haven't thought of a, a prize to really do. I, I think this is just going to be sort of a th- fun thing to kind of take you out of a comfort zone and hang out with a bunch of Pearl Jam fans. I don't feel like doing a prize this time. It's just going to be just going to be bragging rights. That's yeah, that, I, that should be good enough, enough for this one. Yeah, yeah, bragging rights are always good. So maybe what we'll do is we'll give a person an opportunity to pick an episode in, in August or September or something. How about that?
1: Hmm.
0: That's not a terrible idea. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give you, we'll give you something that's interesting, but we have that. So we also next week, we are going to start our Wrigley series and we're going to do things a little bit differently. So we're going to have kind of a pre-show before the show comes out. So if you remember what we did with the edge episode, uh, when Edge came on the show, we talked to him, we had an interview with him, and then the next day we did Greenville. So that's what we're going to do. So there'll, there'll be two episodes every other week or so, and we have a pretty great guest coming on next week. Do you want to tell him about that, John?
1: Uh, so we're we're going to be joined by the uh, esteemed music journalist Stephen Haydn, who has done a couple of podcasts. He had the Celebration Rock podcast. He does a podcast called Rivals, and which featured – Pearl Jam and Nirvana on one of their early episodes. He's he's written a couple of books and uh, he's going to be joining us. He was he was at that show along with you, so uh, yeah, it's going to be great to talk to him. We're going to get get uh, a little uh, we're going to class up the joint a little bit, as they say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if I'm prepared for that. Uh, I'm not I'm not a very classy person, but um, <laughs> if if he can if he can stoop down to our level a little bit, that would be sure. nice. <laughs> It is it is just Wrigley, you know, it's it's not it's not anything big, it's not a big deal. Yeah, but yeah, we, we could easily do we
1: could easily do a put out an episode every day for these shows. You know, there's there's gonna be enough oh, yeah. to do to do seven episodes for each week, so we're gonna try to cram in a lot into the these couple.
0: Right, right. There's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about. That's for sure. And uh, one of the one of the people that we want to talk about this show with is you. So if you were at these Wrigley shows, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. Try to get as articulate as possible. I know things are a little bit tough, but, you know, try to get back into that mindset of where you were that day or those days that you were at these Wrigley shows. And uh, yeah, if you have some good stories from that. Send them on to us. We want to know about them. We want to we want to retell them for our audience and uh, share them as much as possible. So live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up and we will probably have a an extra episode after the end of of the month when we do every single Wrigley show from two thousand thirteen to two thousand sixteen to two thousand eighteen. We'll probably at the end of the month have that. So you know just just a show that's just all fan response
1: so. yeah and thanks to everybody who's been sending them in already we've already gotten some really good ones so thanks thank you for that yep did we um, have a do we have a new patron that we need to mention
0: yeah yeah actually yeah we forgot to mention them last week uh gabe Spece Spece space Spece, yeah um Gabe, thanks for joining Patreon. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so if uh, we have a lot of stuff still going on on Patreon, I believe the set list draft uh, is coming out this week, and the Bridge School episode should be out soon. in Nineteen ninety nine. We're also working on the Immortality Evolution episode that should be out pretty soon. But a lot of stuff is going on there, and maybe we'll do some extra Ridley stuff that uh, that didn't make the cut. That'll make uh, Patreon as well. But if you want to contribute to the show and contribute to what our what we're doing, you know, we're just we're just a regular old podcast that you know we we, we're, we're we do it for we do it for you guys as much as we do it for us so you know your help you know we put as much as we can into the podcast but your help will continue to make this grow and we get the opportunity to do zoom trivia nights and and have some really cool guests on so thank you for everybody that's continued to do it for the months and months and months and if you're interested in subscribing patreon.com slash live on four legs and uh or the patreon app so okay is that it no we have one other thing uh our our friend who's actually uh one of our patrons chris evert he has a record shop on uh that's an e-commerce store called binauralrecords.com and hmm, wonder where it got that name i don't know Uh it's, hmm uh must be some kind of recording style but anyway yeah it's called binaural records and uh he's been nice enough to give the fans of the podcast a little bit of a promo code so if you're looking to add to your vinyl collection you know the the store is very new so if you have a specific need reach out to him reach out to us and we'll get in touch with him and uh We'll you know we'll get you what you need and uh and you can get ten percent off if you use the promo code live on four legs at checkout. you can get ten percent off your your uh your purchase. We've never done something like that before we're like eighty five shows in, and we've never done i i feel like every podcast do, does that, but this is the first time for us, so <laughs> yeah we'll have to see if we can get some, weird to, we'll say. to
1: see if we can get some free records out of it
0: yeah uh, well, listening chris <laughs>
1: is that the goal? I don't know, but no, yeah, Chris is a cool guy. He's in he's in Metro Atlanta um, on the other side of town from me, but uh, yeah, he uh, he's he's a he's a great guy. You know, checked out the checked out the story. He's got some good stuff in there, so definitely check it out. Thanks a lot.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're missing any of the Pearl Jam stuff, he has you covered. That's for sure. So uh, definitely give a shout out to him. He's he's been doing good stuff and he's been supporting the show for a while now. So thank you, Chris and uh, BinauralRecords.com. Live on four legs. The number four, 10% off at checkout. So there you go. Um, All right, let's get into the show. A little bit of Verona, Italy. Now, what do you think when you think like Pearl Jam in Italy?
1: 2006.
0: Yeah, Imogen and Cornice. Mm -hmm. That Verona
1: show. Played all those classic venues, like those really old places. Yeah, right,
0: the Coliseums, absolutely. And this is the first time they're really playing those places on this, this little run here. I, I believe this venue is the same venue that they played that was featured on on that DVD.
1: Yeah, it, it looks great. From the the, the the video on YouTube, I skipped around a little bit. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing, but they show a little bit of the venue, and like it starts in the daytime, so you can kind of see all the stuff that's going on. Yeah, it looks fantastic. would have been yeah, amazing to see.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's one of those... Places that, for the band at least, you know you got to hit some of those spots uh, when when you head over to Europe. But you know to, to to go to these places and to kind of view the world, this is viewing history. It's not just playing a, a random venue in in any old country. This is literally, and Ed mentions this in the show, like Romans were fighting there. You know, in in BC time, like this was a long, long ago. Like this is been oh, yeah. up so yeah. You know it, it, it's just cool to know, and I don't really know a lot of the history about it, but um I know enough to know that it's uh it's definitely special for the guys and you can feel there's an energy that they can they can kind of you know relate back to the crowd with that a little bit later in the show uh where they definitely feel like they're in a a, a place that's special and and you know they played that that place in Rome, the Stadio Olimpico uh, back in 2018. And I know that was a really big deal. And that place is, is huge.
1: I was expecting him to, to learn some Latin to, uh, to speak to the crowd, but uh, I guess he didn't have time.
0: No, you know what? This was kind of before he uh, spoke everybody's yeah, language. A little bit. I, think, yeah. I think that was 2006 where he started mm-hmm. doing that. So, you know, Ed yeah. is not quite there yet, but he would get there at some point. So, we've really kind of hit a lot of binaural like topics on other shows. This is, it's weirdly, it's weird enough that, that we've, this is our third show and that we've done from 2000 in the last handful of weeks. And again, there's not a lot of binaural on this show. We picked the weird ones. I don't know why we did that. But uh, the next night in Milan they do Rival, they do Sleight of Hand, they do God's you know,
1: Dice uh, of the Girl, Light yeah, Years.
0: That was that was the one song that I was thinking in all this. Like yeah. we have not talked about God's Dice at all. And um, but you know, here you just kinda it doesn't feel like a really a binaural show it doesn't feel like it's from that era everything's really spaced out
1: yeah it's strange you get those kind of sprinkled in where like it might have been you know he got to the venue and looked around and was like yeah those songs just don't feel right here you know then you need those older songs that kind of like we, we call them the arena rock songs you know that kind of like fill that open space you know some of the older ones but yeah i mean who knows you know ed he's he's the master at, at going through you know you you know you see in the corny dvd where he walks around you see him looking at the menu and like trying to get a feel for it like right yeah he, he just wasn't feeling it this night
0: yeah no I, I i guess not and you know what it uh it's it's an interesting set I, I don't know if the set list is it doesn't i don't know does it pop out at you on paper like what what was the first yeah. thing that really um you know and
1: my my brain always goes towards lost dogs like what rare songs are we going to get to talk about and there really aren't any here, yeah. and you get a couple of cool things, but but nothing that makes you like go like, oh wow, I can't wait to talk about that one, you know? And right, like, right, yes. Yeah, and, and again, that that's also a function of the the time period, you know, two thousand. You know, we still Cameron still hadn't gotten to the point where he knew everything, right? But yeah, it's just just one of those nights, man. But again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just. It's just one of those maybe a little more by the numbers than than some we get. We talk about sometimes that are just crazy.
0: Right, right, yeah. Now, I I felt like the one thing that on paper was its Saving Grace is how heavy the encore is. The encore is like eight or nine songs deep, which in 2000 is kind of, that's pretty rare. You don't usually get that, but... Um, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that, but there's, uh, it's not as, it is, it is not as, uh, it is appears to be nothing as it seems as, <laughs> as, as, as they say. So, uh, all right, kicking off the show is long road and again, daylight out and the Sage setup kind of, I don't know, it, it looks a little bit like a mess. There's you know, just amps and lighting equipment all over the place and you can clearly Maybe it's just because it was still day, daylight out, but you could see the roadies running around all over the place. They they, they never have an elaborate set backdrop or anything like that, but it just kind of, I don't know. It didn't, I, I was a little disappointed that it didn't have the feel of being in a bigger Coliseum.
1: Yeah. It's normally that stuff would be like backstage, you know, there'd be a curtain or something and right, they just either that. didn't have time to set it up or the the, the arena wasn't, Wasn't built for that sort of thing, so yeah, just it looks like they're just playing in a practice space or something. Like there's amps all around and cases and guitars, and yeah, it was unique.
0: It it doesn't really help that the crowd isn't very audible on this, and you don't really get to see them that much.
1: Yeah, it says according that's that's the first thing that Five Horizon says. It says there's a big gap between the stage in the audience i think that it right. says that maybe it affected ed a little bit like he couldn't really he couldn't really connect with people you know eye to eye like he normally does
0: right yeah it made him feel uncomfortable yeah. a little bit there is one moment that he does get to have kind of a, a fun little moment with a fan but that comes later in the first set uh but yeah long road's a good opener here good way to kick out the show smooth landing at the end you know nothing overtly emotional from this but again i think when it when it can hit you at the right time sometimes it uh it definitely has a good feel to it but this is pretty you know pretty good i I got nothing i got nothing bad to say it doesn't it it doesn't have that something special extra to it is what i'm trying to say
1: yeah i can see that and i think it was just he wanted to start off with something that would that would fill the venue you know and when those opening chords of Long Road, you know, it, you let it resonate. It's a, it's a good way to start out. You know, I always like it when, it, when it appears. I wish it would, wish it would come back more. But yeah, it, it, it's not one of those really emotional things that that we've talked about on different shows. Yeah, I agree.
0: And again, it might be just how the crowd reacts mm-hmm. to it, and the crowd. You know, in most cases, and I, I felt this way when we did the Marseille show and they opened with Long Road, the crowd was really up for it. And they really, you know, appreciated that opener. This, and maybe it wasn't like this, if anybody was there listening uh, in attendance, maybe maybe it was a good crowd, but it just, again, recordings, they were still getting used to, you know, putting out official bootlegs and all that. So maybe there was a disconnect, but uh, you get into... The energy section in the intro with uh, Grievance, Corduroy, Hail, Hail, and Animal. This is very standard, very good. Uh, Grievance as the number two song is always going to be a cool little throwback to this era because this is not something they'll do in 2003, 2006, 2010 you know all of your your other album debut years but it's nice you get those drums kicking in and that really gets you to start the show
1: Was really angry. Like I think you, maybe Ed was starting to feel a little frustrated. Maybe the the boundary thing, the disconnect thing, or something else is going on. But in these these three or four songs, like "Corduroy," you get him. You can hear him like banging on his guitar. And then "Hail Hail," he's doing. You hear him hand clapping into the microphone, like trying to get everyone going. Like I, I think this was this was kind of a frustrating opening for him. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I I, I thought I thought they sounded great though. I thought everything yeah, makes, here sounded makes for really a great good version, sure. um the one thing i will i will mention that this was our free bootleg giveaway of the month uh for anybody that w- uh is joining us on patreon so we got to we got a little bit of a discussion forum on patreon and one of the things that bagel actually mentioned was that in this animal he mentions stone has this little helicopter riff going and uh, I never thought of it that way. It's 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 kind of interesting. Kind of it kind of does have that spinning sound a little bit.
1: Yeah, and uh, and again, this was like the era where McCready was going pedal crazy. Like there's a lot of spaced out stuff, and he's doing the the, the solo is just nuts. Like he's almost soloing the entire show or the entire song.
0: McCready sounded great. Yeah, about a lot. Just, yeah. Good section, energy early. That's no. No reinvent reinventing the wheel like that. That's just not what they're doing with this show. And uh, again, like you're playing in this 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 big giant place, you know you want to get the crowd hyped, and, and that's that's where you go from there. Um, so out of that section, out of your like energy openers, you go into their hit song quote-unquote from binaural nothing as it seems and we've talked about the mic pedal that he recorded with this and he's he's using it at this time since it's not broken yet and you just gotta love Mike on this version
1: oh it sounded fantastic yeah this is one of the highlights for me nothing as it seems i thought it sounded fantastic and yeah, yeah. Oh, a big part of it is probably due to that guitar tone.
0: You know what again the atmosphere when you get kind of an open air atmosphere like that it can kind of it can soar you know the the, the pink pop version it soared you felt like there was a crowd going back you know miles and miles away you felt like you were playing to them when you get songs like that in their catalog where they can just fill the air like that oh, that's that's where Mike really fits in that's where they're really in the pocket of this so yeah this is this is definitely a after nice, how how would you say that? Nice, not nah, is,
1: uh, naeus naeus uh,
0: That's a, I I, hmm. I I always think of it as nice, <laughs> nice,
1: like a Borat thing.
0: Nah, yeah, is very not. Nice. Oh god, I can't believe I did that. Um,
1: <laughs> ooh, yeah,
0: I a, I won't edit that out, but ooh, that was that was not good. Um, yeah, yeah, what, what you know you kind of cuz i never i never write on my notes nothing as it seems i just write n a s but you know yeah but you look at that you, you read it as as a different way but anyway um ed talks a little bit here he doesn't talk too much during this show he has a couple lines here and there but there's not a lot of banter back and forth uh, since the last time that they were there, they, uh, it was two records ago, so they have a lot to catch up on, and in order to fill the space, we're going to play a couple extra songs to fill it up, and you get a little yield section here, only the 10th performance all time of Pilot, and then a little given a Fly, so what do you think a little back-to-back yields?
1: No, very cool. Pilot's always great. You know, it's this was, again, this was the time to get it, you know. Early on, when they were still doing all the parts, and you got all the backups who were on on point, and you know we got to talk about giving to Fly" with the original tempo, playing it a little slower It sounds mm-hmm. great.
0: Yeah, the methodical pace to it, and same yeah. same kind of mentality that it would have for uh, you know nothing as it seems, where you're playing to an open air, and you, you want your songs to soar and kind of you know go into the atmosphere and have this uh, atmosphere feel to them.
1: Yeah, I don't think Perfect Cameron had Cameron had quite. Mastered it yet? You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna say he didn't know it because they obviously played it on the '98 tour too. But I, I don't think he had quite found his own voice with it yet.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, this was really, and and it's hard to compare because Jack sure. had such a unique style with the song. When Matt figures it out, that's sort of where they transition, where the song kind of becomes a little bit faster, a little bit more upbeat instead of methodical like it is here but still good like it oh you know,
1: yeah, definitely
0: this is one of your favorite songs so yeah. um uh a little section of even flow mfc and habit and uh i like the solo and even flow sounded really good um what's that little thing that he did right before Going back into the chorus, we have kind of heard that before, and it sounds like it's a tribute to something, but I don't know what it is.
1: Are you talking about? You're not talking about a Sole Mio." You're talking no, about no, 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 no. In even yeah, in the though. solo, yeah. yeah, it was it was kind of funky, yeah, like it. But, yeah, it was a little. It's a little different than you normally get. Yeah,
0: but it's e- it, it either feels like it's it's an ode to something or. Maybe maybe I just listened to a version that maybe it did the same thing at Pink Pop or did the same thing at the Prague show that we did, and, and it just kind of I recognized it and just had muscle memory to it. I, I don't yeah, know. It almost but,
1: sounded like kind of Chili Peppers ish.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: Yeah.
0: Maggot Brain, something like that. But hmm. um, uh, yeah, you're, you you mentioned it. Oh Sole Mio comes after Even Flow, and Ed's kind of fucking around a little bit with it.
1: Oh Sole Mio. Listen to Devo. 3 pounds per kilo. Cera, cera. He was sending a message to our patrons.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say I wrote right I right here that that's our new Devo intro mm-hmm. is absolutely right. yeah. listen to
1: Devo.
0: <laughs> um so, yeah, the, what was the last thing he said? Like, I have a kilo or something like that?
1: Oh, yeah, something about pounds to kilos or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was a drug reference or not.
1: Three, three I, pounds and a kilo, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, probably not a drug reference, but when I think the word kilo, I, I maybe I'm watching too many, I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul uh, over into the go yeah, for us. Yeah, that,
0: that could have been it. That could have been it. But, um, uh. You know, back to back here, MFC and Habit, this was the same thing they did at Pink Pop, so this must have been something that was really working for them at the time.
1: Oh yeah, they were they were brother and sister songs throughout this whole tour. The little and, Ed guitars that he Ed puts the guitar back on after giving flow.
0: Right, right. And you can kind of see like Mike is Mike is energetic throughout all this. He's spinning around in circles. And you know, like Mike is always the pick me up kind of guy when this stuff happens. Stone, yeah, st- Stone. you know, he doesn't, Mike a couple times go, goes over to Stone. It's just kind of a, it feels like a check-in. Like, hey, you're over there. How you doing over there? You're, I know you're not going to come to me, so I got to check in on you because it's always Mike that's, that's sort of trying to rally everybody else up.
1: Yeah, he's kind of like the cheerleader. Like, hey, come on, guys. Come on. Right. Hey, I'm, I'm going to put you on my back and let's go.
0: Well, when you write and play songs the way that Stone does, you have to be, it's very meticulous. It, it, like you have to kind of be in your own zone and, and he has a very certain way of doing things. So if he's just kind of standing there and let, let Ed and Mike take the show, maybe that's the reason why, I don't know. But um, uh, this version of Habit, it's a little bit different. So oh, why don't we talk intense. about that? Yeah. yeah. It feels so, like right after the where they're doing the never, never, you. Um, it feels like Eddie at one point just says, fuck it. And I don't know if he broke a string on his guitar. I don't know what happened, but he gets mad at something. And at that end, it lasts for like two seconds and then the song is over with. I've never heard them do it like that before on Habit.
1: On Five Horizons, it says the stage lights were blinding him. So I don't oh. know if they, they, they came out, the stage lights came up on accident or they got turned up when something else was supposed to get turned up. But yeah, he screams like this is one of the loudest fuckets you'll ever hear. <laughs> like it almost like breaks the microphone. But yeah, and then they just decide to play faster and faster. It's completely speeds up until the end. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, but I love how the band picks up on that. Oh, immediately yeah. and they're like okay so this is this is this is going to last two seconds and, and then it's over with kind of going back to that that pink pop show i hate to keep going back but this was literally a week a week later so you're coming you're still coming off of that high uh that version of habit was so good that night so they got to be feeling it at this this point and it's not a song that stays in their catalog for very long so you know right here feels feels like the right moment
1: Oh, yeah. It's the, this MFC habit combo, like I said, it's it's definitely a little timestamp on this era. You know, when you get those back-to-back, you're probably listening to a 2000 show.
0: Right, right, for sure. Uh, you get Wishlist after that. Uh, there's a lot. Look at that. We got four Yield songs within a six-song stretch. That's pretty good. We get a lot of Yield in this show. We had uh, Do the Evolution later. I think Yield ties binaural for most songs on the show, I believe. So I, I you know, this version of Wishlist, I think we talked about it in the Bridge School episode that we just recorded for the 99 version, how they found unique ways to sort of end the song and figure out ways to kind of sew it together and and this this is this is the way that i like where it doesn't take too long and it just kind of ed just does a little bit of a ditty he kind of almost does a reprise of one of the lyrics and finishes off really nicely i thought i thought this was this was one of the best ways uh to end the song
1: definitely and it's it gets really quiet like that middle part it drops way down low before it comes back in and yeah i really liked this version of wishlist i this was the one kind of that they were playing around with you know at the time it you know nowadays it's it's corduroy that they play around with
0: It's interesting because I mean there's a bunch of songs on yield that have that studio recording technique where the song just fades out so when they go and play it live, they have to figure that all out again and wish can literally go on forever that you know that just ongoing riff. So when you're trying to perfect that to the live stage, I always thought maybe that's why they never played no way all that time because they just didn't know how to end it oh, okay. But,
1: right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Those those songs are more more conducive to like jamming out at the end or doing a little sure. improv at the end or a tag or something. Sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. So you know they have to be creative and and find little unique ways to 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 make it fit. But then later on in their career, they'll you know Eddie will get a little political with it and he'll try mm. some other things with it too. So yeah, always always finds a way. He always finds a way.
1: It's funny how almost no songs on binaural have that. Like you never see any binaural songs with like a tag or a little no. extended part or anything, really.
0: Yeah, no, they pretty much all have a stamp at the end, don't they? No. Yeah. Does evacuation have that? No. No, that that ends. They've never
1: really they've never really played around with evacuation live.
0: No, 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 no. Some of the riot act songs
1: have the yeah. You, out you get technique. like a little Lobo Captain extended part or yeah stuff like that yeah uh,
0: Daughter is here and they tag a Beck song Beautiful Way and was it around this time Ed did something with Beck I don't know
1: if it was yeah that was 2002 I think they played okay. a show in LA the the Wiltern Theater where he premiered he actually played a lot of the songs that would end up on ukulele songs like hmm. Nine Years Later he, Goodbye and Broken Heart and things like that Satellite yeah, yeah. I think it was a yeah. benefit for uh, for something I don't remember
0: You know, they're they've always been the same time period, but you don't kind of put them in the same category. I, I, I don't know what to think when he's sort of uh, collaborating with with an artist like that. You don't think of them being together, even though they were always they always had albums out at the same time. You know?
1: Yeah, I think this is probably what Midnight Vultures era. Yeah, this is a little after Hotel Yeah. Yeah. But did Beck play at the bridge school? Did, did they know him from that?
0: Um, well, I mean, I'm sure they knew him from somewhere, but yeah. and I would think that Beck probably pay, played at one of the, the bridge schools, but I, I'm, I'm more I saying, like, later. just kind of in a sense of putting, like, you kind of put bands in categories together. When you're grouping bands, you're grouping... You know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam in with Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and maybe a Stone Temple Pilots or another band like that. And Beck is kind of... I don't I don't really know where to even categorize him. That's the weird thing, because hmm. you, you, you kind of want to say he's a solo
1: artist. Well, he does have a link to the Pacific Northwest. He's, I think some of, a couple of his early records or singles were put out on K Records, mm. which is uh, the guy from Beat Happening, I think Calvin Johnson. They were from Olympia, so... There's a, there's a little connection there
0: okay yeah. I, I'm sure you know, they were fans right it's he, he's never a name that really comes up too often so I wanted to yeah. kind of yeah. milk as much as we could out of that <laughs> but uh, it does it, this was a nice way to end and daughter it can, kind of gives Ed a little bit of uh, a, a harmony a good harmonizing end to it you know these it, it sounds really good I like it
1: It mentions around the bend too there's a they could have gone into a whole around the bend thing
0: yeah that would have been interesting. You know what? This section looks really good on paper, and I think it just needs to be moved in this set. This is, you know, my construction criticism is kicking in a little bit, and I don't know, it's it's out of place for me here. Although I love Immortality to go into, you know, the insignificance and in, in River Mirror, I love that little section. It feels, I don't know, it just feels like these three songs are really not they're just kind of tossed in without any sort of standout moment from this
1: yeah and this is this is a long main set too i think that's part of it it's 19 songs right which for for 2000 is is pretty long i think they were really doing 15 16 17 standards so yeah i mean you probably could have lost a state of love and trust or a or something like that but yeah, just nothing really stood out. It once was kinda of funny when he's you're watching the video and during the McCready solo the video can't find him. Mm. And it's, it's looking for him. It turns out he had he had gone off the stage to play to like the I think there was a fan in the wheelchair on a side of the stage. He had gone to play the solo too, so that was that was nice. But uh yeah, I thought they they were fine. Yeah, but again, not not songs really have that crowd moment. Like we talked about once would become that later. Like now when you get right. once you get everybody pumping their fists like once well, like it becomes all, all kind of, of a these moment songs for everybody. Have,
0: but, yeah, yeah, all these songs yeah. have more of a crowd moment now. But yeah, 2000, they just don't stick out as much. Um, yeah, it
1: seems like it was missing like a Jeremy or something that would have kind of gotten everybody sure. going. Yeah. Sure. Maybe.
0: Yeah. And uh, our apologies to everybody that uh, we sent this bootleg to that it didn't have once. Um, it just wasn't, I don't know what yeah, happened. <laughs> I have or,
1: have ordered the CD, so I will get it eventually.
0: Yeah. So it will be coming. We will send you the MP3, but all right, lights dim down a little bit. You get that shade of blue when they play Immortality. I I love some of their, we don't talk about it enough, some of their lighting effects that they do with specific songs and how it really sets the mood for some of them. You know, I think we've mentioned sort of like the headlight kind of look that they do with rear view mirror where it's kind of almost auburn a little bit. Uh, And Immortality is always with, Kind of like that very uh, dark blue you know uh sort of feel to it, so I, I i love when they do that for specific songs that have uh a different kind of emotion that they're trying to elicit,
1: yeah, shout out to Keeley and their crew. They do a fantastic job absolutely mm-hmm. uh, in- 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 insignificance too when that during that break in the song, like everything goes black, oh and yeah, 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 out yeah, completely, and then comes mm-hmm. back up it's such a cool moment. Um, but yeah, Immortality. I thought McCready really just on fire. Such a fantastic Immortality solo in this one. As weird as that kind of mid-to-late section was, I think this is a great ending to the main set.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. No, it, it definitely gets a little better. Uh, you know, these last three are, are a great way to end it. But you know, listening to a lot of Immortality lately because we're gonna have that Evolution episode out. This the 2000 era and sort of when Matt took over. Strangely enough, this song became more slower-paced. They kind of into it a little a little bit and then the outro that would start to go kind of that crazy keith moon style a little bit later we don't have that yet here you know it's still kind of jammy you know
1: yeah it was a little bluesier i think at this point because again that's that's McCready taking over the song like he's like okay the guys i i got this one I think that that's probably his influence. You know, later on, yeah, you would have some drum solos that would come in later, but this is this is all Mike at this point.
0: One of the comments that came through—I don't know if it was about this version. I, I think it was uh, our listener Curtis that mm-hmm. mentioned it. He said, and, and he articulated it perfectly because I've always wanted to say something about his style on this, and we've said how he plays black; he elicits some sort of emotion, and. He said, for this specifically, it's like he's crying in pain. We've talked about that so much where the guys like Eddie Van Halen don't find ways to do that. They're just like, all right, let's rock. He finds a way to elicit these sort of emotions and makes you feel that it's not this 10-minute this solo that's going to blow you out of your chair and say he's the most talented musician in the world. If you wanted that, he could do that for you, but you get stuff like this and you're absolutely blown that's that's what makes him stand out more to me at least more than the other guitarists that are out there
1: yeah i always think of that clip in in the Jam 20 movie where chris cornell talks about watching him do the solo for reach down and being like you that guy's got problems like he is damaged and and him mccready comes in and goes yeah that's that's accurate (laughs) so yeah he's he can definitely channel some some intense stuff through through his guitar it's and yeah, he he can be lyrical and emotional and yeah, it's it's not it's not always just look at how many notes I can play. You know, and it, he's yeah, he's fantastic at that. That that's his that's his greatest strength, I think.
0: But it's so funny, you said you kinda said that like the way that you were mimicking McCready there is just his kind of like very easygoing, like friendly nature. But when he does pick that guitar, it's a totally different story. And some people we always said this about there was there was this friend we had in high school. He was a gym rat, and he he would go in the weight room and he'd be like, one, two, and he'd be making the most noise. And then uh, then you talk to him normally, he's like, "Oh, guys, great workout! Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun."
1: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: what what are you what are you digging
1: into there? Yeah, what, he, what is he puts on that guitar and becomes a monster? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, some some people, that's that's just how they get their 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 therapy or their aggression out i i don't know
1: somebody should do a super (laughs) cut on youtube of like all the McCready's best solos like you 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 could go for like two hours i would listen to that over and over
0: that's yeah i don't i don't know if i don't know if my heart can handle that all (laughs) all at once i'd probably need to need to be in a coma for a little while after but anyway um all right, let's finish off the set, Insignificance into Rearview Mirror, and uh, Stone's taken up backups on Insignificance. Later on, Matt would take up the backup role on this, but I, you know, doesn't have the same intensity at that Pink Pop version, but still kind of cuts through the crowd. Sounds really good, this is the era for it, and they kind of, you know, when you hear, when they go into that next level with the song where, you know, that final chorus, Ed, Picks it up a little bit And you can hear that go just a little bit faster And they kind of kick Into a little bit Of an extra gear That's That's what makes Performances of the song Really kind of special and, and really makes you feel Like it's back in this era
1: Definitely Yeah It's It definitely Like like Again that moment where The song stops And then comes back and, Like mm. then, Like When Ed Puts that starts playing that guitar if It definitely elevates Like This is This is probably The best live song On Binaural I would say now, you know, now that we don't have the original nothing as it seems pedal, I think its significance is the one that, that translates best live, I think.
0: Right, and it's still one that can barely come up, you know. I, I don't know if it came up once in 2018, maybe it did. But hasn't
1: it been played the mo- it's been played the most of anything off by now, right?
0: Yeah, but I think this either that or grievance, but I think that this time period is takes most of that into account. Uh, you know, and maybe some of 2003, but once you get into the backspacer years, yeah, very seldom, you know, yeah. And, and yeah, it's maybe, too bad. maybe twice a tour kind of, kind of deal if they're feeling it, maybe th- three times a year, something like that, but you know, just, just unfortunate. And that's why we get the, the, the pleasure to go back and listen to things from the era that, that we're meant to hear them, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I love this, this placement of it too. Like right before the end of the main set, it's perfect.
0: Right. It's a really good build. Um, rear view mirror. This is what I was talking about before. This is where we get a little bit of crowd interaction. Uh, a fan, I don't know how he got up there, but, uh, I guess he was either crowd surfing or he just evaded the security guards, but a fan, uh, got to go on stage and make an ass out of himself for a couple seconds and, Led for kind of a fun moment that broke Ed's character.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they're cool about. Like, they're not going to be dicks about it and be like, "Security, get this asshole out of here." You know, no, you it, was, it was that.
0: funny. It was it was it was yeah. funny. You know, it wasn't. You know, you go back to that
1: anybody. that ninety five when with the tackle, learning even flow and like right. they they're they're so great to their fans. Like, yeah, it's just such a cool thing. Like, even even go back to like the Miami that incident. moment from the movie. Yeah, and like. Even going back further, like that moment with during uh, I think during Breath in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. A security or a guard beating him. the yep. kids up and like screaming mm-hmm. at him. Yeah, like they they've always been one to take care of their fans. So yeah, you know they're you know good, good for him.
0: Yeah, whoever whoever he, got up there. You can hear him during this. He's kind of making sure with security. He's like, he's okay. You taking care of him? He's all right. <laughs> Version Mirror, we always say that, but you know it's it has got to be mentioned. But Bridge is a little bit of low key, has a nice build to finish the song off strong. But you know Mike's Mike's part where he hammers home at the end is 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 pretty cool. That's what I thought was was pretty special from this.
1: Yeah, I thought this had a little bit of the Pink Floyd influence on it, a little bit of that that spacey kind of like outer, you know, channeling something interstellar you know
0: and it's funny because this is the era where interstellar kind of gets intertwined within uh within the set list. i believe it might have been 1998 that a couple of times in 98 time. but yeah yeah, really, but, really no, came. yeah right so pink floyd is definitely a major influence at the time you know along with wayne cochran of course but let's uh all right into the encore in the coliseum I don't know, you make a guy feel like a lion, any Christians want to be eaten?
1: In the Colosseum, in the Colosseum, in the Colosseum tonight, Uh, in the Colosseum, in the
0: and i equate the song to big in japan and how just like pounding those drums are and it just kind of it's his it's the tom waits poetry essentially
1: oh yeah and that's his you know drunken you know poet the guy at the end of the bar who's right. secretly a genius you know yeah that's, <laughs> totally on totally on on uh on brand for tom waits absolutely
0: right and of course they got to do it whenever they're in a place like that and you know it makes them think of a certain song bring it up play it a little bit and make for a fun little moment and uh they don't really do much of it but it's just kind of a little tease and uh gets you in the black so this kind of opens up this encore here that we mentioned before on paper looks really strong. It's you know, about nine songs deep and these are hits and it just there's something there's something lost within the flow of all this that just kinda it's it's a bit of
1: strange It's weird to open up an encore with black. Um it is it is a good version, you know, I thought it was fine. But you know, break or fall being the the first time it had made an appearance in an encore before this it had always been that Second, third, fourth song. You know, I wonder if they were trying something like, "Hey, let's see if it works back here." Maybe it doesn't. It kind of broke up the flow a little bit. I thought. Um, Evolution's one of the highlights. I thought thought it was a fantastic. Another great McCready solo.
0: Really tight on this, yeah. Yeah. Was it a McCready solo? or Was it a gossard
1: solo? I uh, couldn't tell. I, I assume uh, Creed because it sounds like him, but uh, hey, if, if Stone did it, I'll give him the credit. Absolutely,
0: that's evolution, baby. That's 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 yeah. Stone's gig right there. That's that's him. That's all. Him. He was
1: he was playing a Rickenbacker during Breakerfall Fall. I noticed I'd never seen him play a Rickenbacker guitar before, so that that stood out to me.
0: Again, out of my wheelhouse, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, look, I, I think Breaker Fall can work in the encore. You just out of black. You're coming off of something pretty emotional, and you kind of get the new one. You know, this this still has an air of, hey, these are the new ones, and it, it it's only a month since the records come out, so these haven't really sit in with people just yet. And that, and maybe maybe I'm 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 not giving it enough credit, but that that's sort of sometimes how you see the new album songs. They have to give you time before you can have a relationship with them. And then when you get, you know, black, everybody's had a relationship with and loves. And when you hear it, it, it kind of, it brings you to, to a different place. But
1: it's always weird when you have, when you have new songs, you're trying to throw into a set list. Cause they have these songs that are just classic. Like everyone knows them. They part of growing up and like ingrained in our brains and then you try to throw these new songs in and you don't know where they fit. And like, how's it going to work? Like, you just try things like maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And yeah, it's yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's it can be a little strange. And if it works, it's great. Like, absolutely. It yeah, can, it can bring a show. It can it can make the show, but it doesn't always work.
0: Yeah. In in hindsight, I I'm OK with it because I think we've covered shows we've covered shows where they've done pretty much everything everywhere. You know, it, there's almost nothing that's off the table. Yeah. Breaker Fall in, in the encore is a little bit different from the norm, but it's not, it's not shocking the universe here. We've, we've done setlist draft where this has been in this encore before, but you know, I, for, for the time people are in a different headspace and that's sort of where I'm trying to, to get at right now. But, um, You get some hits. Small town and better man. Straightforward. I I didn't think anything was really special. Nothing. Nothing really hit me very hard.
1: Yeah, I noticed. I think Stone was off during Small Town, and I don't know if he missed a note or missed a cue or played the wrong thing. But there was a little hiccup in it. I mean, they picked it back up, but I think it just kind of threw everything off. Kind of maybe that it just takes one little thing to to throw everything off the rails and. It, it didn't totally come off the rails, but I think it maybe it was enough to, to kind of like rattle them a little bit, and then yeah, better man, like no tag, like no save it for later, no yeah, just, extended yeah. thing, just kind of gets to the end and ends. Look, yeah, it was I, a little strange.
0: I like when they can do better man, and they don't have to tag something on it. But sometimes when they do that, it just feels bare. It feels flat. It, it just it needs a little bit of an extended moment to that kind of gets you that elevation, gets you into the next song, and, and it just it wasn't there it wasn't there, it didn't finish off that strong So, but again, that's a, that's a song that they're going to play, what, 400, 500 more times in their career they'll get it right other times we've talked about it before one version of Better Man won't kill the song
1: right, right
0: uh, one version of a Split Ends cover, however very cool yeah Go back to the first around the world episode that we did in uh, right. that we did in the New Zealand show where they did this, and uh, from that point on, I re- I really loved those those songs that they did from the Split Ends. It was this, and um, uh, what was the other one? Shit. History
1: never repeats. history
0: never repeats. Yeah, yeah, both those songs, fantastic songs, and I don't know, you know, it's interesting because they hadn't played it since that show that we did, and. I don't know what was going through Ed's mind that made him think of this song.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, this is the only time it was ever played in Europe. Like, it's been played what nine or ten times. Like, eight of them in Australia and New Zealand. I think once in Pittsburgh. And yeah, it's it's almost like, and it, again they they get through it, and it's it's the whole four minute version. But it's it, it does seem like it was just like. Hey, you guys want to do this one? Everybody remember it? Okay, cool. Right, and maybe it he, seems like they yeah. did it...
0: They they said it during the encore break. Like, they went back
1: there. Was there something going on with Neil Finn or Tim Finn at the time?
0: I have no idea. Yeah, that's not something I'm I'm that educated about. But uh, maybe it just popped in Ed's head and listened to it on on tape earlier in the day. It hit him right. And, you know, he, he calls out directions to Stone a couple times in this, where you'll hear in the chorus... Uh, they'll, they'll play one part of the chorus and you'll hear him say again and they play and they play that same part again. And, and, you know, it it reminds me of when Stone did that for the debut of don't give me no lip, where he said, uh, bridge, bridge, bridge.
1: (laughs) He's calling out like they're in, they're in their practice space or something like, right. They're, they're they're
0: quarterbacking, you know, (laughs) it's kind of, I wish they would do that more often. Because people wouldn't pick up on that, it wouldn't ruin performances yeah. of songs. Yeah. Just, just do it like kind of Yeah, right. But
1: there is a dedication to this too. He goes, doesn't he? Say this is for someone at the end. It's real quick, but yeah, maybe yeah that was uh, it was a happy some, birthday. maybe somebody requested or something. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah, it was a happy birthday. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who it was too, but uh, me. I don't know. Maybe it was Liam Finn, and, uh, and maybe they sent him a tape after. Who knows? Um, but yeah, look, I, I love this song. And even though they busted it out of nowhere, for as choppy as it was, it was it was it was fun
1: little appearance there. Oh yeah, you'll take it anytime you can get it.
0: Stone son recognizes he he kind of was off on, on that and and. Okay, th- okay, this one I know.
1: <laughs> so at least he's he's gonna make up for it.
0: Yeah, he's he's having fun with it. And so alive. Ed with some lyric changes, and this is, look, this is pre-Ross Killed. Again, Alive has a completely different trajectory once that Seattle show that we talked about before comes in. And here, I feel like we, we we talked about that prog show. They were playing in different places. They were playing it mid-set. They were kind of trying to push this song away, it seems, even before the whole Ross Killed thing.
1: Yeah, and the, the, the curse had not been lifted yet. Like we talked about, you know, they you don't feel the same way about it ten years later than when you wrote it. You know, they're a different band. It's they were kind of I think, yeah, maybe getting a little tired of it.
0: Right. Ed kind of sarcastically in this says, I will survive. I'm barely alive like barely alive, yeah. Yeah. Feels like it doesn't have that same. He doesn't have that same grip on it that he had back in ninety two, ninety four. You know, different. You know, they want to go forward and, and have all you know a new record and have new songs to play. But again, it, it's kind of they're looking in the set list and they're saying, well, all right, we need something that can send the fans home happy. Late, Alive works, but even 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 still, this is not closing the set. So that might be another hint as to where, as to how they felt about it at the time, because you know, live is usually what last one to the end, and, and here you're getting two more before you end it. So,
1: mm. and it does get player. a huge crowd response. You know, every as soon as he starts playing that riff, everybody, everybody claps like, "Oh, I know this one."
0: Yeah, no, it's not. It's not lacking any energy at all. Mike's playing behind the back. It's it's a pretty solid version, but it just you know. I, I think it's just that trope of the time that they just were had kinda had it and you're right, the curse hadn't been lifted yet. And a lot of a lot of stuff that they don't know at this time is about to hit them real hard. If if we were, you know, doing tarot cards or something on them, they'd be very, very spooked out this day. But I don't know if any of that stuff actually works anyway. Yeah, probably probably <laughs> not. Probably not. But you know, let That's looking 20, 20 years ahead into the future of what we know now, which obviously... Last kiss, Porch, is how you end the set, and we talked a lot about 1999 on the Bridge School episode that we mentioned before, so we can talk a little bit about that now, too. This is still pretty early in... Last Kisses, I guess, Uh, I wouldn't say popularity, but, you know, live trajectory. They weren't playing it a real lot at this time, only 16th appearance, but it's really their most popular song uh, on the radio and and out there, so to get it to kind of be your penultimate to end an encore, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense, but it throws your pacing off just a little bit.
1: Yeah, and it's such a different style of song than anything else that they have. You know, that that kind of 50s rock and roll style where it, it's, it has it just has a completely different rhythm than every other song that they do. So yeah, it's it's, it's going to be kind of an outlier wherever it wherever it sits. You know, I think we didn't we do a show where they opened with it one time.
0: Yes. Oh god, what was that show?
1: It just I, it it just popped in my head. I couldn't tell either you either opener
0: but, or like number three, yeah. number, number two or three. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. sticking out to me. Maybe one of those kind of mid two thousand European shows, like a Denmark or one of those shows. Yeah, that actually that's ringing a now. See, even we forget so. Like we've been through so many of these. <laughs> we we just we forget them. You know, it, it, like we're 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 on tour just as much as the band is. Um feels it, like it. Yeah. yeah, it's, yes, the crowd to sing pretty loud in this, and you know they do all the chants, and John you do the, the stuff that you do with this, yeah,
1: absolutely, oh yeah, it's it's fantastic, you know it's and again, I people hate it like i I don't get the hate behind it, I think it's fine, I don't mind it, if they were to if they were to play it at a show, I was at, I'd sing along and do the whole thing like it'd be cool, but uh, yeah, I mean it's. I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with the so song. Yeah.
0: I don't think it has anything to do with the song. I think it's just the idea that your 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 grandma or your aunt might know this, and <laughs> when you bring up Pearl Jam, that's what they're going to bring up, and it just it's just kind of an eye roll and kind of infuriates you. But that's really not a big deal. At this point, listening to it a couple times this week, like I don't hate it as much as I
1: do. Okay, hey, we're making progress. You hear that, everybody? Yeah, I, I love it. I don't love it, but you know I don't
0: have that burning passion of never play this song again. It, it is what it is.
1: And and Ed's voice is great. Like it's it's perfect for his vocal range and his. You know he gets to do that extended vocal part at the end. It's you know the '50s rock and roll is big. You know vocal melody stuff like that. So it it fits right in with with what he does. He in another life he could have easily been Elvis. You know. <laughs>
0: Well, imagine that but he has dressed like Elvis before so All there's a story. and a couple of those Christmas singles Elvis songs so maybe maybe there's some sort of connection there. but again tarot cards don't exist so whatever we're talking about there probably doesn't exist either. so we'll move, we'll move forward and, and close the first encore with Porch Uh, Mike Solo is fantastic, and Porch, much shorter than the normal versions that we get, 10-minute versions nowadays, but, like, this is kind of Porch's downtime, where you're not going to get it every single show like you do now, or or much earlier than this. So when Porch does show up, some of these versions, it feels a little bit fresh. It feels like they're a little bit uh, reinvigorated with it.
1: Yeah, and they had just they they had just brought it back for the first time on this tour the night before and yeah i think they must have they must have hit on something because yeah it it popped up a little more on this this tour than than the end of the tour than at the beginning but yeah just an awesome solo like again real spacey like pedal heavy mics going nuts on those pedals and doing all kinds of like you know sounded like star wars again like yeah i thought it was great
0: Was, this is a good porch you, you get a little bit as everybody's walking off at the end he gives you a little bit of the paranoid riff there and Ed lightly very politely smashes his his mic stand it wasn't this wasn't a blood break break the the floor kind of smash this was a all right, it is it is time to put this away for a now. A very and respectful I will put this smashing away. of the mic yes. stand. Yes. Y- yes, I'm, I'm angry, but I'm not bitter. As they go back for a little bit of a break, Encore 2, Ed comes out solo, does soon forget, and, you know, Ed is, Ed's trying at this time with this, and there were some versions where, man, he needed some help through it, and it, it took a lot to get him going and and he would mess up lyrics he would kind of
1: lose pace with the riff.
0: He, he I think I think he holds his I think he holds his own with it in this version I think this is an okay one Yeah it
1: starts out a little rough but he picks it up and gets through it Yeah I always think of the versions where the crowd would be clapping along on, on the wrong beat and he would have to be like stop stop clapping to get through it but yeah this is This right. is fine yeah soon forget I think it's it's fitting you know 2000 you know, right, right in that time, you know, only the seventh time they played it. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was it was nice and a little, little nice, little lighthearted thing before before these send these people home.
0: Right. I don't think this is a song either of us really have that big of an attachment
1: yeah, to. not really. It's so, just a like just a bottom, nice little thing. Bottom twenty. I, I, like, I like blue, red, and gray better.
0: Failed to mention that uh, before. He goes into this, he kind of addresses the crowd. He said, tomorrow's an off night, so they don't have to go to bed early. And he says, not sure what's happened in this place in the past, but I'm sure there was blood involved. But I don't know if a ukulele in hand has ever been played here. So there there you have it with that. And from Soon Forget, this is... You know, I feel like we've done this combo in another show before where it was binaural era, and it finished off with... with two in the encore two and it was soon forget yellow led better i don't know do you remember yeah, that it was fa-
1: fairly fairly common i don't remember exactly but i think if you go back there were probably at least six or eight of them that end, that ended like this sure
0: are, are we getting in are we getting into the territory here where we're doing reruns where have we hit syndication <laughs> i thought you were supposed to hit syndication after four seasons not two
1: i think it's a hundred episodes
0: Oh, well, technically, if you count all of our devos, we're, oh, okay. we're way past there but to <laughs> to the public this is we're we're fifteen away, and then we can yeah we can we can get to be played on t b s at at six That's o'clock right. in the morning.
1: Oh don't worry we've got we've got some 90s coming up. It's been a while since we've been to the 90s, but we'll be back soon.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a while. It's going to be over a month,
1: but soonish. Right. A- yeah, after Wrigley.
0: Right. But yeah, we will get back for trust me, it's on our minds. We we strangely enough, we were talking about this before. We haven't done a 1991 show at all. So, we got to probably do at least one before the end of the year, so uh goals, goals people get to syndication, get to a hundred episodes. Uh, that'll be coming. I, I, I did the math October, hundred episodes. Okay. So cool. yeah, yeah. Look, look forward to that. Maybe we'll start a, a countdown or something. I think in October we'll have other things that are, that's on our mind, but you know, if, if, if we can muster it up, we'll, uh, we'll start a countdown or something. Who knows? We'll do something cool, but yeah, hundred episodes, a nice little, I guess, achievement, Mark, but yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks
1: to, again, thanks to everybody who listens. You know, we, we really appreciate it.
0: Are we just going to bypass Ledbetter?
1: Or I mean, it's uh, you know, no, no little wing, no star spangled banner, no nothing. It's again, it's how many times am I going to mention McCready in the show? Like, right, he's jammy he just, on this. Right, he, take, he takes over. It's bluesy, and and it's, it's all all hits all the right McCready notes. Right.
0: It's a good, you know. Ed shares his love with the crowd. And he's says very grateful, and he's thanking him at the end, and uh, takes a Polaroid and, and says goodbye. This is, you know, Ed. Ed takes a lot of pictures during this time. You don't see that as much now. I think, you know, he, they have, they have more of a crew for that. They'll, they'll, you know. But Ed liked doing things on his own at the time. I like seeing him come out with the camera and, you know, just say, hey, thanks for being here, and you have something to remember me. I want something to remember you. So. You know, he doesn't doesn't know that he's going to be back there in, in six years to you know be doing a DVD. So why not? Why not remember it?
1: He's got that picture in a in a notebook in a, somewhere.
0: Oh, you missed a good opportunity. Come on, do it. A picture
1: in a frame. A picture in a frame. All right, nice, nice.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: uh, pick full three. Full circle. Full full circle. Exactly. exactly. Um yeah i'll uh this is tough um I'll go with immortality especially the solo again that that's that's one of the things when I was listening to this that that made me kind of sit up and take notice like okay cool um i'll go uh, tie between habit and wish list that fuck it and habit and the way it sped up at the end was cool and then the great version of Wishlist, like the perfect tempo, gets real quiet. I thought they were they were real loose, played around with it. It's kind of funny then, that that man, ang- anger yeah.
0: didn't translate into into Wishlist, that they were. Yeah,
1: back-to-back, back, it was a weird, yeah, weird uh, combo there, but uh, nothing as it seems, I think, number one. Yeah, that was one of the one of the best versions. I think I, all the versions from this this 2000 tour fantastic. You know, it's just the guitar sound. I like, go back to it again. We probably make a little more of it than there is to it because we know the story of the pedal, but right. still like the the guitar sound is unbelievable and nothing has a so I thought it was fantastic.
0: Okay. Um I Yeah, I I think Habit has to be in my top 3 as well. It's just again, you know, that ending and, and Ed getting blinded by the lights and them just speeding up to get, get to the end of the song. Cool moment and something that you're not going to hear all the time, but grievance too. And you know, in the spot that it's in sounded really, really good. You know, Ed just is angry and that's a song that I I envision him needing to be angry during it. Like I can't, I can't think of, them doing that song and just being in, you know, a a normal neutral mood. Like you have to play it when you're pissed off. That's the whole point of the song uh and i would think that if they were on tour this year they they would be doing it more often And uh so yeah grievance is part of that and uh you know i I like the i like this version of porch i'm gonna put this version of porch in my top three because i I thought this was this was a a pretty good and and inspired version you know sometimes we'll hit porch up and, and you know you get 2014 2016 versions and they're very much the ba- same basic premise. Ed goes into this, the crowd. It's less of uh, trying to, to find things to talk about on the bootleg and more of you know what they did with the crowd and getting the crowd involved and, and that kind of moment. So as as far as a song performance, it was a it was a cool little version of Porch, but um, this one's going to be interesting to rate. So what, what do you want to uh-huh.
1: do? Yeah, it's tough because. Like we talked about at the beginning, there's there's not a lot of binaural songs. Like I would have liked to have heard another girl, or a rival, or a sleight of hand, or a God's dice, or parting ways, God's or something dice like so that.
0: Bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then the not any real rare lost dogs. Like yeah, the yellow ledbetter, last kiss, technically lost dogs, but. Nothing, nothing super rare, you know. I felt like that was missing a bit. Pilots, you're fine, best, but yeah, it's but from the previous album. Like, right, no, that's not really rare, right. Yeah, nobody yeah. knows it's only played ten times. You know, I got you is cool. I guess as a cover, it was fine. But I'm gonna give this a six. Like it was, it was fine. It it didn't really. There were only a couple of moments that made me made me sit up and take notice, like I talked about. So, it's probably not not one that I'll go back to.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think six is the the same. I didn't have kind of a, a euphoria moment from a lot of these songs. They were like like that that State of Love and Trust once Luke in section that was just kind of just lukewarm and and you know, it just felt like stand-ins almost. They they could have played like you mentioned a Jeremy or something, you know, from the new album that, that could have had more of an impact and not just felt like run in the mill and and hey, every other set list that we've done same you know same thing every night, but uh you know it's it, it's fair like there it wasn't a terrible performance by any means, but you know nothing to really take home as as something uh spectacular and special, so
1: yeah, just it there it was just kind of a disconnect, like yeah, you that know, we talked about at the beginning it was just physical disconnect or emotional like n- just didn't really seem to come together and click, you know, yeah, but you know like it, some of them like some of them do
0: yeah it's it's good. It's good to have the good shows, and we had two weeks in a row where we had great shows. And then, you know, this has been our June. We started June with a little bit of a lackluster show and probably were some of our worst ratings we've ever had. And uh, we end off with not the best one. But you know what? July is coming. We have all these Wrigley shows. I don't think anything's getting under a nine for any of these Wrigley shows. Maybe, like, one of those shows gets an 8.5. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, they're all fantastic shows, and we have a lot of homework to do. So next week, it's a big week. We're going to do 2013. There's a lot of stories to be told. There's, I mean, we got to fill that three-hour time period where, you know, there was a rain delay and all that, so we're going to have to at least account for for that time wise, can't we?
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll uh we'll have a rain delay during the show and we'll have to play an episode of this week in baseball.
0: Oof. Oh my god, Rain Delay Theater. Ooh. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah, we're they would like um Oh god, they did something with baseball cards, like kids open up packs of baseball cards or some <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Just total filler cuz they had nothing we'll, else. We'll throw
1: in a we'll throw in a blooper reel.
0: <laughs> I think it'll be a good 2 hours of nothing but cuz we're I don't think I even told you this, but Buckley's going to join us for that episode, so we'll have we'll have a three man crew and and he was at that show as well that's why we wanted to get him in there and and the two of us will just go back and forth on our stories and maybe maybe just maybe there's there's a way that our our paths would have crossed uh you know 5 6 years before we even met who knows but uh, it, there's a lot to do. And remember we got Stephen Hyden coming on that episode will probably come out the day before the 2013 show. And we have the 2016 shows and the 2018 shows all month in July is going to be all Wrigley. I know there's no baseball. So this is, it's the best replacement for baseball. It's a replacement play. It's a scab. We are the scabs. <laughs> essentially we, I, I will take huh. home of that.
1: Okay. Cross, cross okay. the
0: picket line and be the scabs, since MLB PA doesn't. Know, and yeah, the it, yeah. it Doesn't know look like there's going to be a baseball season. It. No. So, yeah. No. So if if covering Wrigley is is what gets you through, then you know the 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 reoccurrence of 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 1994, then geez, I, I guess that's something. But it's it's really not much. But you know we can't we can't take baseball's place at all. But we will. Go all the way next week and talk a little bit about Mr. Cub and just about the friendly confines too. So excited for it. Uh, and if you have your stories that you want to tell for, uh, for the shows, send them, send them on over live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Looking for any story from any of the shows. We've gotten a lot of 2018 stories. We're light on 2016 stories. So if you have 2016 stories that you want to tell, Definitely send those in because we want to get as much variety in as possible.
1: Yeah, help out because otherwise it's just going to be me talking about in my stories.
0: Yeah, you don't want that. We've we've had (laughs) enough of that. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is going to be good. We're getting back to us having, you know, been there, having actual experience being at the concerts. We haven't done shows like that before. We've had guests lately, but we haven't, you know, done ones with our experiences. So it'll be fun to get back to that
1: yeah definitely
0: so anything else is uh before we die down
1: um, no, I think that's it thanks okay. everybody
0: all right so uh remember binauralrecords.com records dot com get ten percent off at uh, at checkout with the discount code live on four legs and uh we thank Chris Everett again for doing that for us and the listeners so if you want some vinyl there there you go good vinyl option right there. Uh, all right, so this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer, although we may be parting ways. Miss you already. Miss you always. For Andy and John and the Coliseum, the Coliseum, we shall see you next week at the old ball game.
1: Listen to Devo.